0: All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Cap and Trade, episode 22. It is February 22nd. Tonight, we are joined by Mike Meltzer of Sirius XM Radio and ESPN Radio, and Landry Locker of 610 Sports Radio. Good evening, gentlemen.
1: Cap, how are you, ma'am? Hola.
0: No complaints here. Happy to be back in it. Finally getting back into the, the swing of things. Getting into off-season mode. Getting my off-season mode. Getting my off-season hat on. Starting to look at all the free agency and what's coming up and what the team can do. So, exciting time for me. So, we'll get right to it. We got a, I got a few talking points. I did get a few questions via DM throughout, throughout the evening. So, we got some of those to get to. I know we'll get some folks requesting to talk tonight, but uh, first thing we'll dive into, of course, is Deshaun Watson and the update from the court this past, uh, well, yesterday. Uh, we'll let Mike kind of explain the details a little bit further, but it sounds like kind of uh, he's going to to start being deposed by the folks that I've already. The plaintiffs that are not a part of the criminal case, and but it's going to be on yep. a Rusty Harden's schedule, which doesn't sound like it's going to be happening anytime soon. So kind of, Mike, if you can, do you mind breaking it down, giving us a high-level overview?
2: Sure. So I'll try to simplify it the best I can. Uh, so we're in discovery on these 22 civil cases against Deshaun, right? And so part of discovery is the deposition uh, of all the parties. And in this case, what they had agreed upon, it sounds like maybe like last April or May is, okay. we have 22 cases, 22 accusers, 22 plaintiffs. Like, how is this going to work as far as the flow of information? And so what they agreed upon, it sounds like, was that the accusers would be uh, deposed first, all of them. And then and only at that point would Deshaun Watson sit down for his deposition, which kind of makes sense. You want to get their side of the story first and then compare it to his side of the story. Uh, it makes a lot of kind of structural sense. Uh, but what we, what we run into here is sort of two big things happening, which is one. And this is all the subject of a hearing yesterday. One, not all 22 accusers have had their depositions taken. And I think more importantly, it sounded like Rusty Harden, Deshaun's lawyer, uh, thought that the criminal investigation would, would be wrapped up by the points at which Deshaun Watson would have to sit down for his deposition. And so it's very tricky, because I don't do this kind of thing, uh, and I feel like it's kind of complicated and nuanced, but if you're an attorney who's representing a, a client who is, who is uh, sued in civil court, but also at the same time has an ongoing criminal investigation into the same behavior that he is being sued for, then you have some liability in that if you sit down for a deposition and you answer questions under oath, then theoretically like, that's material that the DA's office can get. They can subpoena that information. And so you're, you're increasing the chance of – you're kind of increasing your liability if you sit down for that deposition and you don't just plead the fifth on every single question until the point that you, you feel that the criminal investigation is resolved. So that brings us to what happened on Monday, and Rusty Harden's big argument was – they expect to have some kind of decision one way or the other th- through the grand jury process by April 1st. And what he was asking for is let's just have a delay of a couple of weeks here because April 1st is the day by which they'll know about whether any criminal charges will be, whether Deshaun's going to be indicted, whether he will not be. And at, at that point he would be happy to sit down for his deposition. So that brought us to Monday, uh, which led to the back and forth fight between both sides. And as you, as you pointed out, astutely cap, what are all, resulted in is that ultimately Deshaun can be deposed by some of the accusers. Uh, I think it was nine of them uh, in total, but that's only going to begin uh, in a couple of weeks because Rusty Harden is in trial on a different matter, I think this week and next week.
0: So the it seems like the news on the criminal front is a pretty big, pretty big update. I, I mean, I'd I'm not trying to downplay the the civil side of this, but uh, from a NFL team interest standpoint, it seems like if there was some good clarification on the criminal side of things, that would maybe get the ball rolling a little bit.
2: Yeah, I I think that's fair. And, you know, I guess we'll see like, is Rusty correct that there's going to be a decision uh, by April 1st? He certainly sounded confident that way. So I think from like an NFL standpoint, it seems like April 1st would now be a critical date versus, you know, the start of the league year, which is, what is it, March 16th, something like that?
0: Correct. Yeah. And and, and I, th- I thought I heard something in there that the reason why he thought by May 1st was that the, the police departments turned over their findings and conclusions to the district attorney. And I guess it, at this point it's at the DA's decision level if they're going to proceed with charges or not. It's kind of the way I understood it.
2: I think there are a couple of ways, as I understand it, because I don't do criminal defense, but uh, I uh, – let, let me put it this way. I, I know some of the dealings of the DA's office just due to some professional connections, and I, I think the way it works uh, there is there are a couple of things they can do. The district attorney can technically herself you know, press charges against Deshaun Watson, uh, or they can just send it to a grand jury and have the grand jury uh, make their decision, okay. indict or not. It okay. sounds to me, Cap, like – uh, the latter is happening, that there's a okay. grand jury, which we've heard about, and the question will be whether these you know, citizens who are in this grand jury, they're presented with evidence uh, mostly from the prosecution, but also in Texas, they can get a packet of information from the defense, and then they make their decision on whether to indict or not, and it sounds like that'll be by April 1.
0: Well, then, yeah, then April 1 is definitely the 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 next big the big date to be looking forward to if that's going to be the kind of decision point for that and then you know depositions get a little more moving along and hopefully just everybody have a little more clarification because as you mentioned for you know for everybody on here the new league year starts march 16th and that is when teams start sending signing free agents that's when trades can occur things like that and the texans are not sitting on a copious amount of cap space but they're they're in decent shape to start with but of course that's carrying watson's 40 40 40.4 cap charge all the way up through at this point april 1st at the earliest probably all the way up until draft night at this point at the at the end of april so you know i'd, I'd i wouldn't i wasn't expecting the team to be in on any huge big name free agent signings to begin with but this is just going to kind of hamper them a little bit and that if that contract comes off more towards draft night, things like that, then that's probably just money you end up carrying over into twenty twenty three and and really make some moves at that point. So Landry, you got any any thoughts on this? Kind of it's mind.
3: just it's just the weirdest situation that I can remember. I mean, that's that's just really my only thought on it. I, I was laying down like the eighteen months of Deshaun Watson, just where he was eighteen months ago and what was being talked about in regards to Deshaun Watson and the Texans to now it's just really just kind of fascinating to me that this is even a thing. I'm I'm intrigued to what to see what life is going to be like after Deshaun Watson. I'm I'm excited about. It. I'm excited to see about what the value is going to be, but it's just really a weird 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 situation. And I'm I'm intrigued to hear what he has to say when he first gets traded like what is it what's the media availability going to be like is he going to do like some sort of sit down what's is he going to try to carry on the same brand i just think it's a weird situation i'm even more intrigued to see what's going to be like when he finally gets traded and he's no longer here
2: is that uh is that documentary going to come out at some point that uh what michael smith or jim trotter was talking about about uh 13 months ago is that he, documentary still happening
3: uh Jim Trotter teased it and i heard it was going to be like a michael smith or something michael Holly's type of thing I, I don't know i would think not and if it does come out and we don't get the legal side of it then it's even more phony than it already oh uh, my came beginning. oh my god that they just bad, skip they just
2: skip that whole chapter yes.
3: like ger- <laughs> like like german textbooks or something like that just skip like the whole
0: time period oh my goodness yeah so I mean at this point we're just the holding pattern that would continue I think you know a lot of people were myself included were you know kind of really anticipating and and looking not looking forward to it but just kind of ready to move forward a little bit with the depositions this week I was more curious to see if Busby was gonna leak anything or how how this was gonna play out but yeah you know, Harden with with it makes sense what Mike's saying and, and why Harden opted for the to push back some of the depositions as many as he could. So, you know, I'd, I'd be curious now to see how Watson starts answering things. I certainly would be piqued if he just decided to get up there and plead the fifth. But it, I, I mean, that was kind of Harden kind of alluded to that. But I think that was more yep. towards a uh, if you made us start doing it now kind of thing. So, I know at this point we're just going to have to sit and wait and, and he uh, just needs
3: to answer every question. I'm just trying to be legendary. Uh,
0: be, like, be like, be like Arian Foster is trying to be the best teammate. I Mr. Can be.
3: Watson, do you like anal stuff? I'm just trying to be legendary.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that, we'll, we'll move on. I, I mean, I didn't really have a whole lot to cover on Watson. I just wanted to get Mike's, uh, Mike's review on it. That, Pretty much, I, I know Mike's been hitting the hitting the rounds everywhere, bringing his expertise to the table on this. So we'll jump over to the roster, <clears throat> and as I mentioned, you know that I had 45 players under contract on my notes here, but it's actually 46 because old John Weeks returned and signed back to the contract, signed back to the Texans for another one-year deal. So good for him! Tremendous,
2: tremendous news.
0: 14, I think year 14 for him, something like that, or 12.
3: He's trying to get to game 200. That's his goal. Um, is, I, I've actually spoken to him about this. His goal is to to get that 200th game. How close is he to it? I think six games, maybe.
0: Oh wow! Okay, so he is. That, yeah. If I'm not
3: mistaken, am I wrong?
0: I, I'm I'm trying to pull it up here. Well, yeah, yeah, he's
3: not a... that far away from 200.
0: 193 games.
3: Yeah, so, seven. So seven.
0: Yep. Yeah. That makes sense then. Well, there you go. So they're at uh, 46 players under contract. That would put them around $16.4 million in cap space with an effective cap number of of 13.3, something like that. So at this point, you know, got a lot of lot of roster spots to fill, and, that, and that's going to be – I think we're going to have a similar – probably similar type of offseason that we saw last year. I just think probably not as Younger. much – yeah, yeah, younger, not as many uh, free agents. Please agent.
2: be younger. Yeah, you that's younger. what I was
0: about to say is is, I think it's going to be not as many free agent signings, but a, a definitely a bigger undrafted class. And obviously the bigger, bigger drafted class within the number of draft picks that he currently has, and if he gets more with Watson and if he trades down and ends up having like a 15-player draft class, it wouldn't shock me one single bit. Hmm. So potential releases – this one's not too too terribly difficult. So Kevin Pierre Lewis is the obvious one right off the bat. He is gone. Marcus Cannon, I, I see. I see no reason. There's a lot of cap savings to be had there, and Charlie Heck, and I mean, can as part of the I'm getting younger thing. I mean, at this point, back problems and whatever else problems he had. So, I think there. And then you look at uh, Kaimi Fairbairn. You know, at that point, I think it's it's worth looking into. On that, is he a, is he? He's paid like a top five kicker. Is he a top five kicker? No. no. Can you can what you about, get uh, can you get similar value for him for an undrafted guy this year or yes. or another free agent for half the Kyles Yes. Eric Murray. So that's the one. So what? Else? Before I get to Murray, yeah, Murray was next on my list. So those three. So I'm actually in the. Uh, in the calculator on over the cap.com if anybody's interested. So I did those three releases. That's going to move the cap space up to about 28.7. So Eric Murray. So that one I wanted to get y'all's opinion on. So as you see, the team is very thin at safety at the moment. And it does not a scene. It does not look like Justin Reed is going to come back. I feel like that's a foregone conclusion, even with Lovey Smith being rehired. I just, Justin Reed's gonna chase the money, and I don't I don't think the team is gonna be willing to pay what the market might bear for him. And so at this point, Murray's in the last year of his deal. He's got a six point nine million cap charge with one point five million dead money on that. So it'd be a five point five point nine, something like that, five point four savings. And there's something to be said about making that, but I'm not entirely sure it makes sense right now. That might be somebody that is released when it comes more towards the fifty-three man roster cut down. If you end up signing another safety and drafting a guy and finding some other players that can take over that position, but I'm just not sure that that's a given at this point in time. And he's—I mean—he's only twenty-eight still at this point, and I mean—he's—I know he's not great, but he's serviceable at this point.
3: I—I I just want to move on. I—I I just don't. He's just on
0: got the Bill hard. O'Brien stink on on that contract.
3: Yeah, I, I just want to move on, and I, I would rather find, like, someone off the street to where I don't have to look at him anymore. I, and I don't mean that as, like, a disrespect thing, but from, like, the David Johnsons, and maybe this is petty, but I can be a petty guy, but from, like, the just looking at, like, the David Johnsons, the Eric Murrays, the, like, Cobb when he was here, even Fairbairn to a certain point, I, I just – I, I would rather just find – I think you can find some guy off the street that can be a serviceable corner or safety. Uh, and I would I would rather just not look at him anymore, quite
0: honestly. Mike, do you have any thoughts?
2: Yep, I would also release him. Uh, I, I would barely even consider bringing him back. Um, I just think you need to move on there. And, I mean, you're looking at, what, $5.485 million in savings. I would rather convert that to a different player, a younger player, uh, somebody off the street. I, I just think there's almost no chance that Murray's part of the long-term future here, so I'd cut him. That is one of the weirdest signings
3: I've ever seen in my. I don't know who who they were
0: bidding points. against. I mean, that one yep. came like right at the beginning of free agency, like it was a tier one signing, and I, I don't know who the heck they were bidding against.
3: What about for Randall Cobb? Because I remember, I, I remember too, specifically, yeah. I was in. I was in Dallas and I was listening to the, our sister station out there, 105.3, and they were talking about Randall Cobb. And I remember they were saying, because I, I remember it, because like, I want to say a day or two later the Texans signed him for what they signed him for, but they were saying how much they liked him and how great he was for the Cowboys. But the caveat was, but he's just not worth the $5 million that we were paying him last year. And I'm just <laughs> sitting there like, well damn and, th- and they're saying well if you know if he wants to come back cheaper than the five million that we paid him then maybe he can fit in here and then <laughs> next thing i know the texans signed him for damn 20 million or whatever
0: i remember that because i i mean I, I i get the i get the the free agent reports during the free agency period i get all the the the, de- the leaks that come through I got, i'm looking i'm looking at the same document that that all the other folks that are um tweeting out contract details so i'm looking at the same thing and i I see that one come through on there and i'm like how does this make any sense it was two years guaranteed on a three-year deal it was just it just made no sense i don't know where that value came from it just it just was another one i don't know who negotiated that deal whether it was easterby or o'brien or both of them it was just another one of those contracts where o'brien was like this is what the player should get you know and 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 Trying to almost be like, I want to give them what they're worth, not what the market value is of a player. So, all right. So, Eric Murray, so I I processed a release on that. So, that's $34.1 million in cap space with 44 contracts. So, that, I mean, that right there, that puts the team in a very good spot, even with carrying Deshaun Watson's uh, 44.4 number on here. So, let's move over to. trades so watson trade as we've discussed many times that one has uh let's see here so we're going to do trade pre that one's has 16.2 million dead money with 24.2 cap savings what about laramie tunsel i'm still 50 50 on this y'all have any thoughts on trading Tunsil? he quit on the team we we got to move on
2: I would agree with that. I don't think he has any. He has a whole lot of interest in playing here, and so I would sell him to the highest bidder.
3: And I like Laramie. I think he's a. I mean, he's a smart guy. He knows what he's doing. He handles himself like a true businessman. He's he's a good ball player, but I I think you just got to move on from Laramie. You got to find someone who is going to be riding and dying for this. This is, you know, they're in a process right now where you know, sitting out for a a thumb injury for two months or whatever and all that, that's, that's fine. And that's good business by him, but that's just not what they need at this point. They need, they need some guys that are going to be foaming at the mouth to go out there and play uh, and fight out whether, you know, whether you're looking out for whether you're making the smart business decision or not, they need guys who are going to be bought into the process
0: yeah i mean he hasn't said a single word at least or nothing's leaked and i mean he doesn't have a specific player agent for anything to to leak from so he's been keeping everything pretty quiet whether or not he wants to be here or not that's remained to be seen but i, I think that's a, a valid point as whether or not he wants to be a part of this rebuild i don't know what his i know he's very interested in in uh life outside of football when it comes to fashion and and some business ventures. So if that's something that's available to him here in Houston, I'm not entirely sure either, or if there's other markets that would be of interest to him beyond football, you know, there's, there's definitely teams out there that, that need a tackle that need a left tackle for sure. You know, like Cincinnati and a few other teams. So at this point, you know, it, it, if that team needs to move on, then they need to move on and, I have no, I have no problems with that. You know, I don't, don't think the trade, you know, I think we've, we've talked about it on here and I don't think the trade value is going to be all that stellar. You know, you're looking at probably a second and maybe a day three pick or maybe a future, like a 2023 one or something like that. But I I don't,
2: I don't, I don't don't understand how if Von Miller and I think the, the Rams overpaid for Von Miller, even though they won the Super Bowl, like he goes for a two and a three and he played, and they traded for him as he was a, an impending free agent. How can you not get a two and a three for somebody like Laramie Tunsell?
0: Well, I think did Denver Denver took some of that money on that deal too, didn't they? That
2: is true. There was a money thing where like, I don't think the Rams had the money, and so that was part of the compensation. But the damn principle of things. Yeah. Von Miller got a two and a three, and he had like eight games left on his contract.
0: No, and that's and that's fair. And that— I. I it, All it takes at this point is two teams to drive the cost up. If if, the, if True. Houston can just drum up interest from more than one team, then it could very easily shift into a, a late one this year. I'm just, I don't know that a, a late one this year is any more valuable than a future 23, 2023 one at this point. <laughs>
3: That's where I'm at because even like with the Watson trade in a perfect world, I would love to have something to show, you know, in this year's draft. But if it's after, I really don't care at this point with where they are in the process. And I know that sounds crazy, but I just, it's, it's, there's no, there's no real rush right now for them. You obviously want to put out a better team than you did last year. You want to put out a younger team, but, I don't think there's any like rush to get a draft pick immediately for Laramie Tunsell or whoever they decide to trade. Yep.
0: No, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I get, there's a lot of argument for having Tunsell as a, as a, you know, very good protection for Mills and, and a potential building block to build around. We've talked about how, you know, he's already paid as one of the top tackles in the league. He wouldn't, probably in all likelihood need another contract after the 2022 season which would probably very likely be at the top of the market again probably another market resetter kind of situation so I mean that's that's the things that kind of hold me back from keeping him I mean he's he's only 28 and as we see offensive linemen can play well I mean there he's easily got another seven or eight years of service underneath him so at this point it's just really what he, what kind of interest he has in the team, and what, and if that's what the team is looking for for him. So, for the sake of this argument, we'll, we'll do the trade. So, that's going to be a $9.5 million cap savings. So, now we're up to $43.7 million in cap space. So, no, we're, we're sitting in good shape now. Now we can go spend a little bit of money out there. And that's still with carrying Watson. I'm not going to process the, the trade on Watson on here just because that's probably not going to happen closer till till draft time. So at this point, you know I think if those were the moves that are made, then the team would be in very very healthy cap shape. Not not only for this year but for next year because I mean that's a lot of cap dollars saved. But there's also a lot of cash saved in there from from Tunsil and from Murray, from uh, Cannon who has a pretty big salary this year. So that's a lot of cash freed up as well. That the team can start shifting around. The only other one I, I'm not entirely sure that this one's accurate. I, I saw this on the timeline a little bit this morning with about Brandon Cooks being a potential trade asset. I get the thought. I just it doesn't make sense to me based on the way the team has continued to speak highly of him and that they really want him around this locker room. Mm-hmm. For, for the continued part of this rebuild. Not, that's assuming Brandon Cooks wants to be he wants here. To be. But I, I I just don't get the trade from from how the team speaks of him. I mean, he's 29 years old. Yes, he's probably not going to be here when the team is is making headway and, and making a run at the playoffs, but you still need a few veterans around the locker room. I, I, mean, I think if you it, want – it, sorry to cut you off, man. I, I no. think it's just one of those where, like, great. If we if somebody offered up something that made sense, sure, we we can do the trade. But I'm not I'm not sure that they're just actively working it. I think if you want to
3: get a
0: clear look at Davis Mills, I think you need to keep
3: Cooks around. You need to keep Brandon yeah, Cooks on this spot. And if You look at his contract, it's pretty damn decent for what he brings to the table for this squad, especially being like the clear number one. So I I think keeping Brandon Cooks is valuable just for all the culture bullshit that they always like to talk about uh, and for the development of Davis Mills. Now, I don't know if he's going to come to them and try to get another contract, because that's where I think it could get a little bit awkward because you just mentioned he is 29 years old and I don't, I would, he wouldn't be someone that I would commit to long-term, but as far as right now, even if it was like a second round pick and you could get back what you got, I just, I think the value that he brings and the fact that he allows you to get a better look at Davis mills, I wouldn't trade Brandon Cooks.
2: Yeah, I would echo that. I think that uh, in an in a situation where there was no Davis Mills and it was a complete and utter teardown, then I think Cooks would be an easier candidate to trade because, you know, you're talking about a veteran receiver. He's a plug and play guy for a lot of these offenses. It makes sense. But if you're going to use this as a season to evaluate Davis Mills, kind of like Philadelphia was last season with Jalen Hurts. I mean, your receiving core isn't good right now, even with Brandon Cooks. It's got to get better. So to remove him, even if it helps you long-term from a you know cap and especially draft pick standpoint, I just think uh, with what you're trying to do and give Davis Mills a shot, I think they probably need to keep uh, Brandon Cooks around for now.
3: And the other thing about a Cooks and a potential trade is if you're even entertaining that possibility – The likelihood of it, or or the value, could actually go up in season if he stays healthy and someone gets hurt. The the value could actually go up in season. I I don't know what the value is right now for Brandon Cooks. I mean, is it a third? Is it a second? I I don't know. What what they traded a second
0: for him a couple years ago. So yeah, it, it can't be any higher than that. So
3: yeah. And that's the thing. And the other thing about Brandon Cooks is I don't know what the rest of the league thinks of him because on one hand you say, well, he's been traded three times and, you know, the that he's the return's been pretty good. But on the other hand, you look at the Rams and the Rams traded Brandon Cooks, who's – I think as young as Cooper Cup and younger than Robert Woods. Yes, and then they traded Cooks, and they immediately extended those two guys. Now those are good players, but I don't know what the rest of the. I don't think the rest of the league holds Cooks that high in regard at this point. So I don't know what the value would be.
0: Yeah, and that, that's fair. And I mean he's he's due thirteen point seven million this year, so. If anything, I wouldn't be shocked if there was an extension, more so just to kind of free up some cap dollars. He's got a sixteen point two million cap charge this year, so and he's got two void years left. The contract is scheduled to void, I think, uh, March second of next year, so. I think if, if if the team got a little tied up tied up against the cap, if they end up signing a few players, things like that, then this is one contract that the team could look at to redo and and shift some money around and, and save some cap dollars now. So we'll leave him on the on the on the roster for the sake of this exercise. I know we see I see we have two requests out there, just hang tight folks. We'll get to y'all here shortly. Got a few other points I wanted to kind of hit on first. So that was the main moves for releases and trades. Are there any I, that I'm missing?
2: I, yes, I got a couple more. Okay. Uh, Terrence Terrence Mitchell. Uh, no. They, you you want to keep Terrence Mitchell?
0: I do. Oh,
2: My God, you want to keep? Why do you want to keep him? Is he good, Is he good at football? <laughs>
0: he's he's, <laughs> he's not bad at football. I, I all right.
2: Well, okay. So you want to keep him? Okay. Uh, Jordan Jenkins, I'd cut him. Okay. Yeah, he can uh, go. I, I would honestly, out of anger at his uh, lack of development, I would cut Max Sharping in the public square and tar and I feather knew as that well.
0: That was coming uh, to me. It, he's just so inexpensive, and I, I well, no, I take that back. His his salary jumped up this year because of the proven performance escalator. Yeah, two point nine million. Is it more than that? It's yeah, more. it went up to two point five four. as his salary a two point nine million cap charge? So yeah. And, that's almost that's, Easter
1: bee money. That,
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's definitely that definitely yeah. moves him up into the uh, into the cuttable area just with that sharp increase in, in pay. So I'm definitely definitely not opposed to sharpening. Definitely not opposed to Jordan Jenkins. He's Jenkins has got a five five hundred thousand uh, dollar dead money charge on a three point three million dollar uh, cap charge this year. So we'll we'll release him. And we'll release Max Sharping just for, for Mike. So using the calculator got, uh, if you're I, if you're playing along I, with us.
2: I got more. I, I am po- not all right, done. so we're at forty nine point one forty nine point
0: one million dollars in cap space. All right, so what else you got?
2: Justin McCray's existence uh, does not inspire me. Two point five five million. I the dead money is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. He is out the door.
0: To me, Justin McCray is somebody you keep through camp and if he's not shown anything then he's in that last set of roster cutdowns in, in uh, September. That's fair. That's where I would stand on that. Any others? Uh,
2: the, the other ones, once we get to that level it's like the guys in the two million dollar yeah, range. Yeah, it's just
0: kinda it's kinda
2: tough to make a, a valuable cut there. Yeah.
0: So like the other one that get so they they claim Kingsley Kiki which he's on that he, he got the PPE race. I know nothing about him coming over from Green Bay. He's only twenty-six. Jimmy Moreland he
3: Supposedly what, nuts. Nuts? Yeah. Yeah, like in a good way.
0: Okay. So he's he's uh just a little crazy out there.
3: A little bit crazy.
0: The team could use a little bit of crazy.
3: Yeah, I think they could.
0: Pretty intense. Good.
3: Good, good,
0: good. So the other other one, the other uh, the other player yeah. on the PPE is Jimmy Moreland that came over from uh, Washington last year and played like one snap or something. So, you know that's one. It's another one like you said, Mike. We're getting into the to the weeds on that, and I don't know that he's gonna. There's no reason to cut the right now. You just carry you bring him into camp and see what you got because yeah. it's a non guaranteed number at this point. All right. Meltzer, you know what I just thought of? Tell me.
3: I just thought of a year ago when we were talking. I think we were doing a podcast or something. We randomly brought up Sunil Calamite, and we were like,
1: how is this guy still on the team?
2: Yeah, that's another disgrace. Like, like, for the love of God, can can they one of these years sign an offensive lineman that provides some tangible value? Like, dear God, sign somebody who has some level of value for at least a year.
0: Yeah. Like Jeff Allen,
2: a... Zach Bolton, uh... Senio Calamete. He's versatile in New Orleans. He comes here and he sucks. I mean, one, one time, sign somebody decent.
0: I'm trying to remember the last offensive lineman that was a free agent that they signed that was actually good. Good? Might, be Wade, might be Wade Smith. Probably so. I mean, Bruno I mean, I mean, Giacomini was the worst player who played all 16 games.
3: He used to piss Seth off so bad for trying to fight after plays after getting his yeah. ass kicked. <laughs> yep.
0: All right. So... <laughs> So we'll get we'll we'll move on. So there's two pending exclusive rights free agents. So those guys will be re-signed. Jimmy Morrissey and Davion Davis, the center and wide receiver, they'll be coming back at minimum level con- one-year contracts. There's zero pending restricted free agents. So looking at the group of 31 pending free agents, I have five players that the team could probably have some interest in re-signing, which. I think some of them are pretty been pretty well discussed. some elite Collins. If he wants to back off his number, heard he's wanting like upwards of eight and a half nine million per year, which is a little 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 heavy. but I know you want to start high and work your way down. Kamu Gruje Hill after a, a good solid season, I think he's uh looking for upwards of around seven million per year. He's coming. just
3: lucky to be alive. He's just <laughs> lucky to be alive. Yeah,
0: the so Demarcus Walker, I think, is a player that the team has interested in bringing back. The edge rusher. He's a good depth on the edge. And then these last two, I want to get y'all's takes on. So Garon, Garon, Garon Christian.
2: Yep, the left tackle.
0: Left tackle. You know, can potentially be your swing tackle. You know, this is assuming that Tunsil's not here since we traded him a little while ago. Um. Yeah, you, know, you gotta have some swing tackle tapp- swing t- swing tackle depth behind Howard, Heck, and any other potential drafted players. Assuming the market, you know, he's not gonna command more than probably two million, two point five, something like that. Y'all have any qualms about that?
2: Nah, bring uh, him back.
3: Bring
0: him back.
2: Yeah, I'm okay at the right price.
0: So you wanted to let go of Terrence Mitchell. I have Desmond King on the list here. I'm not entirely sold on that just yet
2: yeah uh i I don't know that Desmond King was used in the right capacity, but I'm also not convinced that they're gonna actually use him in the right capacity if he comes back so you can kind of sway me either way that one's one of those like cost benefit analysis what's what's the price tag what's the market for him does he want to come back
0: yeah I mean it just how many walkthroughs is he gonna miss this year so <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I, say like I didn't mean to say I, that. I,
2: I, I,
0: that's, a, that's a good line by you, Cap. I like that. <laughs> um, is there any other? I mean, I really didn't have many others because Jacob Martin—they're not even—they're not even close on money, despite. Right. I don't, think what, I don't is, think. what
3: does he think he's
0: worth? A lot oh, more man. than the Texans are willing to throw on the table, from what I hear.
2: Yeah, this good. came up recently, Cap. Right, that he—he he thinks he fashions himself as like uh, Julius Peppers or something along those lines.
0: I don't know the number that he's looking at. <clears throat> Excuse me, I just know that they're not very close and Jacob Martin I saw he tweeted about it and uh or somebody had tweeted it and he said news to me well I think it probably is news to him because his agent probably didn't tell him how low the offer was from the Texans so that would be why he didn't know about it in my opinion so does that mean the
3: rock boys will finally die uh,
0: well,
2: the uh, the other song won't die either. What's the, the, the thing? The he's Clay
3: Walker. 20? I'm just saying this rock, this guitar. After a sack, it's all down awful. seventeen. We, we can
4: I, move on. I,
2: I I support you attacking that on the radio as long as humanly possible. It, it gives me inner joy.
0: All right. Is there any other pending free agents from this group of thirty-one? I mean, Justin Reed. We talked about that. Justin Britt. No. Chris Conley. He's thirty. But please, yeah. yeah. please, 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 please leave, please. <laughs> what do you have against him? He's good on the radio, at least.
2: McLean loves
3: him as a talker. Uh, yeah, that's great. I, I'm good on that. Let's let's move on, please. Christian Kirksey. I like him, but
0: he's 30. That's my issue.
3: I like him on like a one year deal if no one else wants to sign him. If if you want to bring him back on yeah. like a one one of those one year deals, I'm fine with that.
0: Damian Dola no, Neville Hewitt no, Lane Taylor no, David Johnson no. <laughs> oh, my
4: God. You want city? If you want to returned. see
0: the liddy the city go insane, resign David Johnson. Jordan Akins yes. no because he's already thirty because he was like twenty nine when they drafted him. <laughs> um, Jacob Martin, Chris Moore, Chris Moore. I mean, sure if he can't, he'd be. You know nothing more than slightly above the minimum, and Farrell Brown, no, I, I think the tryout for for this past year was enough to show that this is he might mean, have been on. the
3: biggest disappointment.
5: Yeah, there. I mean
0: he he started off strong, and we're, and then he just man he hit fell off. Anthony Alclair, if you wanted to bring back the inline tackle, Jeff Driscoll's oh. a free agent. Didn't realize that. Thank God. Um, A.J. Moore, I heard they were trying to get him back, but the injury kind of slowed the negotiations down. And Cole Toner, that was the only other one I had on here. So, Cole Toner, he had two and a half quarters or three and a half quarters of really good football and kind of got the fans excited there at left guard. So, hopefully the team will at least – Look at him back, but I mean, Cap,
3: what do you mean got the fans excited?
0: (laughs) It was all over the timeline for like three days. For like three (laughs) days, city was going
3: nuts over Cole. Yes, for
0: three days, the timeline was Cole Toner is the best left guard the Texans have ever had.
3: You are exaggerating. I thought I was the exaggerator here. Mm -hmm. That you are a man of the people, man. Come
0: on, (laughs) no, they were a little excited about him until he got hurt. so... You know, you know, hey. So beyond that, so the biggest needs is a yes to everything. Um, you know, linebacker, they, they have barely any snaps returning on linebackers, so they're going to have to sign another group of linebackers. Interior defensive line is another area, especially if Malik Collins doesn't come back. Interior offensive line is another area of intense need. Tight end, and then running back, and I put in parentheses not in free agency, so just draft like four running backs this year, or undrafted, and then yep. edge rusher and safety. So pretty much the whole defensive side needs all new players, <laughs> and then you know the the free agent class. Just I mean we're I've got in subsequent shows we'll, we'll dig in more in this, but the free agent class just by some quick glances the guard free agent class is pretty strong. The tight end free agent market is very, very strong. Yes. And beyond that, it's not real promising. The defensive line free agent group is, I mean, there might be some gyms that you can find out there cheap, like DJ Jones in San Francisco or Taven Bryan out of Jacksonville. And the edge group is pretty weak. And the cornerback group is, eh, it's questionable. So that's, the, the reason why I said no to releasing Terrence Mitchell is because of the free agent class. Maybe the, the team is able to draft a player or two that can make Terrence Mitchell expendable, but I'm, I'm not on board with letting him go this year, or at least letting him go right now. You know, and it, it'll be, it'd just be... I'd be curious to see if they end up doing another batch of one-year contracts, or if they actually sign a few guys to two- and three-year deals that kind of might give us a little insight to what they think on lovey smith and his tenure and what his you know if they're if they're looking beyond 2022 so that was pretty much all i had on the free agent market before we get to some of these questions y'all have anything else to i i do think that it's worth like keeping
3: in the back of your mind when you're talking about the free agent market that While it might be thin at corner, it might be thin at uh, wherever else you said, uh, and it it would most of the time it would be an upgrade on this roster, if that makes sense. Like, so even in like a thin, like really bad corner market, there's still a lot of opportunity for upgrade with where this squad is
0: compared to the roster to players on the roster today. Yes, yeah, that's that's
3: all. That's all I'm saying. So. You know, it might look thin, but you could probably pick from the bottom and still improve your roster in most areas. So that's a little bit intriguing. It, it kind of, it's kind of like a backwards compliment because I think it, it, it adds more, you know, signing and free agent possibilities, but it's not necessarily where you want to
0: be. Yeah. Yeah. And no. Oh, shout out to Mr. Randy Mueller. Thanks for joining in, sir. So, and if you if you do subscribe to the newsletter, newsletter. I did do a, a write up this week on free agent value that kind of goes along with what we're talking about tonight. That it's it's quite difficult to get return on your value that, that you sign in free agency because you're signing at top of the market value for that player whatever that number falls into within the market but you're paying for 100% of the value of that player and it's tough to get 100% of the return you know when we looked at the I looked at the with the OTC the over the cap valuation numbers that are derived from a a formula that incorporates some different things that can bring about an APY value on a player just another way to, to measure it and I looked at all the free agent signings for 2021 compared to the to the return value of 2021 performance and there was only like four or five teams that came out with a net positive value on free agency. So <laughs> you know it, it's 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 very difficult to find the Jonathan Joseph free agent signing that actually returns a strong value and ends up being three two or three contracts later. Majority of the free agent signings out there are going to end up being one or two year deals that you know are meant to supplement the roster not so much not so much make a huge difference unless you're just going to land one of the top tier free agents but majority of the time it is very difficult to return value so that's something that we as fans and folks need to kind of keep in keep in mind when when the team is signing these players so if you don't if you're not subscribed to the newsletter it's cap and trade on on sub you know you it's uh you'll get an email with the newsletter it's like once a week so Definitely uh, subscribe to that if you're interested in getting the written word. So with that, I do. I know we had a few questions on DM, and we've had a couple people standing by on request. So we'll jump over to the request. Trust thy plan is our first one up. Let's see here. If I remember how to do this. Connecting. Trust thy plan. Take yourself off mute, sir.
5: Hey, y'all, can you hear me? Yes, sir.
0: All
5: uh, right, yeah. So, first, I want to come out with you guys are talking about Justin Reed, how you think guys he won't come back. I can seriously see the Texans really franchise tag him just because Lovey's Tampa 2 defense, a scheme that he loves to run. And I could also see them even going after Kyle Hamilton, but like in the draft. But you didn't really talk so much about the coaching staff wise of Lovey and what Pep. Uh, brought in. I was curious to know what y'all thought about all that because he brought in a lot of his Illinois boys, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, he did bring in a few of them. I am intrigued and, and interested with uh, George Warhop, with the the offensive line coach. You know, it they they're definitely definitely preaching running the ball, and he's preaching that aggressiveness, the uh, nastiness of of an offensive line, and that's something that's been kind of missing from the Houston from the Houston offensive line group from the past few years. So that's one of the few one of the coaches that that intrigues me and obviously, you know, Pep Hamilton getting the promotion up of to offensive coordinator is is something that's we're all definitely interested in and, and going to keep an eye on and and one of the coaches today and that's why we were talking about tight ends a little bit tonight was one of the coaches said that uh, Pep Hamilton's offense is is a, a two tight end driven offense and with the team having only one tight end on the roster at the moment with brevin jordan led led me let us down the path of looking at the tight end free agent class and and that it is a pretty strong free Ooh, agent class. oh it's a nice so.
3: one. one oh it's a nice one yeah it, there's some options definitely is. yeah there are
0: right. i'm not so much in that top top market top of the market type players but i, I think you know the tyler Con- tyler conklin out of minnesota mo ali cox out of out of Indianapolis is a is a is an athlete that can be probably brought in as a slightly lower number than than the Dalton Schultz type of player. Um, Max Williams is gonna be a little bit lower in. He's a more of an inline guy, but he's he can still get out there and catch the ball pretty well. So it, it wouldn't shock me to see him sign two quality tight ends and then maybe look at the draft on day late day, you know, second or late in the third round, maybe day four day three of. Kind of a uh, draft on a tight end, but they're gonna they're gonna need to bring in some guys based on what we're hearing. And uh to answer your other question on the on the franchise, I would be shocked if they franchise tag Justin Reed. The tag I agree. The tag on the safety right now is thirteen point five four million, I believe, and that's gonna be well above his market value as a free agent. I, I'm I'm suspecting his free agent market value is going to be anywhere from nine to 12, nine to 11 million APY. So it's just really hard for me to grasp franchising him at that point. I, I don't know what value that brings in franchising him for one year at that number.
2: And that would be, a, I think that would be a terrible decision by Casario given where this franchise is to even think about tagging Justin Reed. I just think that, I don't think that makes any sense.
5: Even though this is a Tampa 2 defense and we need two safeties to play with Lovey? Yeah,
2: yeah I just think it's too narrow of a, of a look because, like, I mean, I don't think Lovey's going to be the coach long term. Like, to me, you're franchise tagging, like, precious football players. You're looking across the league. It's like Devontae Adams is going to get the franchise tag, Jesse Bates, uh, Orlando Brown, the left tackle of Kansas City. Like, these are teams that are, you know, set to win. Like, I, I just – I can't – I don't think Justin Reed is worth the franchise tag. I think he's better off elsewhere and – like this is not, the, the, the Texans are not a football team. I look at and say, well, they need a safety or X position or why because of a specific scheme being run. Uh, I think that I, I just I, I don't think they're in a in an organizational position to use the franchise tag on anybody. Is my two cents.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I think when you look at the market, I mean, if he's willing to, if he's willing to come back at, uh, you got to go, Mike.
2: I do, yes. Thank yep. you guys so much. No, I thanks for stopping
0: today. by. I appreciate it, sir. Absolutely. Have, get have some a good rest. Night. I think, you know, when you look at the free the free agent market at least from, from a safety aspect, you know, you, if Quandre Diggs ends up hitting the market, Terrell Edmonds out of Pittsburgh, Xavier Woods out of Minnesota, things players like that I think you can get for probably fifty percent on the dollar compared to what justin reed is going to command and probably get similar performance so that would be my reasoning for a not franchise tagging him and b not re-signing him unless he's going to come back at a slightly lower number
4: yeah
5: i got you on that and one last thing yeah. Uh you mentioned about deshaun watson the whole thing about the trade but you didn't go i've been hearing there's rumors about chase young that washington's possibly putting him on the trade block, you know, because they need a franchise quarterback that could lead them in their franchise. So, I mean, why wouldn't the Texans pull the trigger with Washington Redskins? Because if we got chase young, that would solve that situation with us trying to get a pass rush or a third pick. And we could worry about a safety, for example, you know, we could look at other positions with chase young and we get some, you know, draft cap. I mean, I don't see how.
0: So it's with chase young, I think. I'm not. I I think that was more speculation by Ben Standing than, uh, than actual yeah. than actual reporting. I think that was him just tossing some names out there. You know, Chase Young. I mean, it, it it's intriguing. He's got two years left on his rookie deal with a with a fifth year option behind that, so he would be relatively inexpensive for three years before commanding a, a top of the top of the market deal. And by that point, yeah. you're you know you're you should be at a team that hopefully is contending at that point so I'm certainly not opposed to a chase young type thing in return with some draft picks for Watson but the problem with that is is Watson willing to open up the no trade clause to go to somewhere like Washington giving all of their <laughs> all of their outside of the organizational issues and maybe maybe that's not something that concerns him I, I'm not entirely sure but I just not. I'm just not sure that the Chase Young thing was actually a real thing or not. I think that was more just speculation and let's find a talking point kind of thing. Gotcha. Well, I appreciate you having me. Yeah. Thank you, sir.
3: Yeah, the Chase Young thing. You know, it's it's really it's all speculation with Watson because there are, you know, it's going to take two sides, but you know, Washington's going to be desperate for a quarterback. I think that's pretty obvious.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and how far they would be willing to go would be interesting. I, I would take chase young and just 11 overall for Watson. No. I know I've been Mr. <laughs> draft picks. I, I mean, I, I look at chase young as a guy that's worth multiple firsts. I, 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 hold him in very high regard. I think when healthy, and I know he didn't have that good of a year last year, I think when healthy uh, chase Young's one of those game breaker type guys, uh, that you can that, that can be a cornerstone for a franchise. I think he gives you an immediate face of the franchise. Uh, I like what he's about. I like what he represents. When I hear Chase Young talk, uh, it, it's, he just bleeds that football. He's got that uh, he's got the Bosa type motor. Uh, those were ca- kind of his mentors at Ohio State. Uh, he's just one of those guys that if it would if it could happen, then I would just take 11 and Chase Young and I would be fine with it. Because I almost look at that as few ones, and really, a guy who, if if this were, if he were eligible for this draft, you're talking about the number one guy. But I, I don't, I would be shocked if Washington was willing to do that. But, but it is all speculation at this point because there are just so many, uh, so many uncertainties with Watson trade talk.
0: All right, well, let's see what kind of questions we had over in DM. I had four or five from over there. You doing okay on time landry? I'm good, man. All right. So we had one, trying to understand does Sean watch the legal situation. What day can he actually be traded? When will all this be settled? So we talked about that earlier, but the first day that he can be traded would be March 16th, which is when the new league year starts. When will all this be settled? Well, it sounds like maybe <laughs> sometime April, after April 1st when uh, more depositions and, and some more updates on criminal charges. So we'll go to the next question from J.D. White. If the Texans were able to trade Watson and Tunsil before the draft, would there be dead money that would be, have to eat? And if so, how much? Thanks for what you do. All right. So the dead money on those two trades, we kind of highlighted it before, but we'll uh, take a look at it again. So Laramie Tunsil, it was at $16.6 million in dead money remaining. So that is a result of prorated money that has already been uh, paid out to the player. They restructured his contract last year, which shifted some more money in that dead money column. So it's 16.6 dead money with 9.5 on savings. And the Watson trade would be 16.2 dead money, 24.2 savings. So between the two players, 32.8 million in dead money on top of the 35. They're already at. I'd have to do some research and see what is the highest amount of dead money. A team has taken in one year. We'll probably have to do it on a percentage of the league cap for that year instead of just a raw number. But that may be something that we have to take a look at. That would be interesting because they're already the Texans are already number one. <coughs> excuse me, already number one in the league at 35 and some change, and that number is going to to go up quite a bit. So let's see here, another one on Tunsil. So why can't he be considered a building block, even if it takes a likely overpay on his next deal? Because you'd be at least overpaying for a blue chip player. So I mean that kind of you know that's kind of what we we talked about. (laughs) Is he a blue
3: chip player? We sure about that.
0: He's a blue chip pass blocker. He is not a blue chip run blocker. Um, Well,
3: so how can you be a blue chip player? player?
0: He's not. I I I think I. I,
3: Yeah. The Tunsil trade was a bust. I mean, you got. Maybe a top 10 left tackle in the NFL. You got a guy who can't run block. Uh, he held you over the Coles contract wise and got the short term deal. We already know what the draft compensation was. And we don't know whether or not you could get a one for him. We're hoping that you can get a two. So the notion that the Texans traded for some elite left tackle and the notion that he's a blue chip player, we, we, we got to move on from that. We got we to got, we move on from that.
0: Yeah, I mean it's. I think he can be a good chip, a blue chip player if he's motivated. I'm just not entirely sure he's motivated here. He's too
3: smart to be motivated. I, I respect what he does. I, I respect the, the business acumen and just going out there and getting that bag. But he's not someone. He he's not Trent Williams. He's not a guy that's going to go out there and ride and die. Uh, he's not a guy like like a tr- like that went for way less than he did it's just not it's, he's just he's not that he's not a guy that you want at this point with where this team is yep. you, you got to move on
0: yep. overpaying
3: laramie Tunsil sounds like the worst idea that i've heard in a long time of of, of any offseason suggestions
0: all right so we got a request in here from mr christian C H C holtz christian what you got, sir? Take yourself off mute. Oh, and he dropped out. Guess he didn't want to talk. He was a Tunsil fan. <laughs> so, personally, I think Tunsil's we worth keeping. He's an elite pl- pass blocker, which is primary trait. Good for needed. him. I. We saw how bad the run game was this year, so. I think there's something to be said about having a good run blocking tackle, somebody that can get out in space on the tunnel screen, somebody that can get out in space on this on other screen plays, and I'm just not entirely sure that Tunsil is 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 wanting to do that. Is he a pass great pass blocker? Yes, he is a very good pass blocker. Just not entirely sure he's on board with the run blocking part of the game.
3: No, you're sure. You know. <laughs>
0: Question for the space. I got another one here. So is there a point or near at or near the draft where an additional future year draft pick can be included in a Watson trade package? When is that and how many more teams would add to the list of potential suitors? So is there a point? I mean, I, I think there's going to be future draft picks involved in a Watson trade package regardless. Um, I think... I mean you're obviously looking to get something this year. What depending on where whether that wherever that may be. Is, let's just take Carolina for, for the for the sake of this art for the sake of this discussion. You know, you you would get their number hopefully you would get their number their number six overall pick, move back from three to six and then or no, I'm sorry, not moving back. You keep your three. You get their number six and you would get their future probably number one. If not, future number one in 2024 and whatever else comes along with that. So, so Mr. Ramirez, I, you know, at this point, it, there is no point between now and near the draft where additional draft picks can come. There's a, a fourth year opens up on draft night when it comes to future draft picks, if that's what you're asking about. So it's, it's three years out. Landry, correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I was wrong on this before. And, and I had to, I had to get the Cody Stutz wrath but it's three years now three years into the future so you could you could trade all the way out till 2025 right now and then 2026 opens up on draft night is the way I understand it yes you are correct
3: that was a big it, that's a lot harder to find than it should be
0: well it's those dang bylaws that are like forbidden fruit, and nobody will give them to me. The Texans won't give them to me. I've asked the league. I've asked sources. I've asked other people that I know within the league. That is the one document that I've been trying to get for nine years now, and I cannot get it. So that's where Nine that. years? Good lord. Yes, nine years. That's a long time, sir. All right, and... So let's see. We got one more request in here. All right, all right. Tyrod Taylor fan. Tyrod Taylor fan account. What you got, man? Hello. Hello.
1: Hey. So, hi. first part of my question, right? How does the process for trading for a coach work? I mean, it's happened before. I Gruden um, from the from the what Buck uh, Bucks of the Raiders or whatever. Um, how does that work? And is it different from like training for a, for a player? Um, and then building on that, um, whenever people are about, talking about trading Deshaun Watson, why was there never a conversation about you know maybe getting Deshaun Watson for like an elite level coach and like how would the value there play out if that were to happen?
0: Well, the tra- the the trade part of it would work the same as trading a player. I mean, you submit the the transaction paperwork to the league office, they approve it, and. And it's processed. I mean, it's not any different trading a player versus trading a coach. As for trading Watson straight up or trading Watson for a, for an elite coach, I mean, it, I I don't know that that's ever been done. And I'm not saying that it should it can't be done in the Watson situation. I just don't know that there's any precedent for something like that to happen. And you would I would like to think that given Watson does, has the no trade clause that if he's willing to open that up to a certain team, he likes that head coach that's in place there. Now, I guess for the sake of this exercise, you would maybe, maybe he knows, or maybe the 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 intention's already been known that if we trade for this head coach, Watson goes to that, to that team in exchange for that head coach, they already have a replacement in mind maybe. But, I'm just not sure how that works. Cause you would, I would assume Watson is going to that team for a reason and head coach would be one of those reasons.
1: Okay. I got you. Um, so I guess in that case, right. We're like, if there's a, if there's a situation where the organization is stable, like let's say the Steelers, right? Like the Steelers are an organization that if Mike Tomlin were to move on, they'd be structured and you know, things wouldn't really get that much derailed. Um, would that That'd be a scenario be- where, like, if you put Deshaun Watson on the Steelers, that's an elite team for however many years you want to go down with or without Mike Tomlin? So, would that be worth it for either side? Do you think in that situation, or is it just a lot more sticky than?
0: Um, I think it's a, I think it's a lot more sticky, and I, I you know, I just I don't know. I just don't know where how how all that would flow because we just don't really have the precedent for it at this point, you know. And I, I I understand the hypothetical standpoint and the hypothetical side of it, but I'm just not sure that that's something the teams are willing to do at this point. So uh, I, unfortunately, I just don't have <laughs> as much input on that as as to be able to accurately answer that.
1: Okay, yeah, know I was just uh, throwing ideas, yeah. just thinking about
0: stuff. No, I appreciate it, man.
3: Yeah, my my thing with the whole, you know, the coach thing is, first of all, I don't. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't have anything to add than what you uh, added there, Cap. I just, that kind of gave me a headache even thinking about that. But even if that was a possibility. I don't think Bill Belichick in his prime could win with this team right now. So what are you really gaining, you know, just trading for an elite head coach? What What are you really going to have to show for it unless you're just coming in with some culture? But, yeah, that one, that one was interesting.
0: All right, so I did get somebody's correcting me on the draft how far out. I believe it's the next three drafts, twenty twenty two through twenty twenty four, and yeah, you notes. said
3: the wrong year, but you said the right. You said the right amount. You just said you just went forward to uh, see. So the message I got, I got
0: from the Texans was it's three years out now. In no, no, but
3: what? No, you said it right, but what you said, you said so you could trade up till twenty twenty five instead of twenty twenty four. That was the only mistake you made. But you said you said okay. the years right. You just said 2025, yeah. 2026 instead of. 2024, yeah.
0: 2025. Right. From the Texans, it's three years out now, and extends to four years on draft day. All right. Well, I'm we're out of questions. I'm out of talking Damn. points.
3: Damn, you're already out of talking points. I like the way we cleared that cap space. Go go through again. Who all we cut and how much cap space we got? So we set that for the people that just came in because you did some gymnastics there, Chris Olson.
0: My my spirit animal over there in Atlanta. Oh. He's no Jack Easterby
3: when it comes to fudging hush that your, cap. Though.
0: Hush your mouth. Chris <laughs> Olsen is the best, and if Chris Olsen, if you're listening tonight, accept my LinkedIn request. So we released, <laughs> <laughs> we released Eric Murray, which was a 5.4 cap savings. Marcus Cannon 5.2. Kaimi Fairbairn 2.8 savings. Kevin Pierre-Lewis, 3.1 savings. Jordan Jenkins, 28, 28, 2.8 million. And Max Sharping, 2.54 for Mike Meltzer. So, and then we traded Laramie Tunsil, which created another 9.5, which put the team at $49.1 million in cap space. That's not the effective number, but that's still a decent number. I think that would have left the team at 42 contracts, something like that. So definitely – and that's still carrying Deshaun Watson at his 40.4. So that would give the team ample ample firepower to not only sign a few players that we talked about, you know, the Malik Collins, the Kamir Grugia Hill, the DeMarcus Walkers, the uh, – you know, any, any of the other potential free agents – Desmond King, that's keeping Terrence Mitchell, and that allows the team to go out there and really look at safety, look at cornerback, looking at a guard, obviously, which we talked about as a as a strong position group in the free agent class. Looking at tight end, which we we really kind of looked at from a free agent standpoint. There's some big names out there to be had on there, you know, from top to bottom, from the from the Dalton Schultz, who's going to probably be one of the top tier free agents down to Someone like uh, O.J. Howard, who's kind of got lost down in Tampa and who's a former first-round pick that, you know, needs that one-year shot somewhere.
3: You want want me to tell you something about Dalton Schultz? Well, you are the Dallas
0: Cowboy aficionado. Come on. Uh,
3: That is not true, but I can tell you something about Dalton Schultz that will make you throw up and me throw up. Okay. They worked him out in 2018, man. They worked him out in 2018. The year that they, the year that they drafted Akins in the third round, they worked out Dalton Schultz, and he went in the fourth. So they took they took old ass Akins instead of Schultz. That was a Brian
0: Gain move too, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, you never know how much full control Gain had of the draft because, depending on who you talk to, it's you know Bill O'Brien still had like as much power, so. But yeah, it was Gaines
0: draft. But I'm yeah, looking I mean, at it right uh, now. Yeah, he was number fourth round, number one thirty seven overall. Ugh. Yeah, and they worked they worked him out and
3: everything. He was he was here. I want to say in March, and there was ta- they were talking about tight ends because I wanted Andrews real bad because Akins like, was a
0: he was a third round compensatory pick, was not he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, was Reed later. Went, and, yeah, Reed went early, and it was him and. Uh,
3: Baltimore made a killing in that third round. They ended up with Orlando Brown and Andrews in the like within five picks, and the Texans actually took went with Old Man
0: Aikens out of (laughs) they went with Old
3: Man Aikens. They went with Rankin too.
0: That's one, yeah. They went with Rankin.
3: Aikens was later after Andrews. They went with they went with Rankin instead of Orlando Brown or Mark Andrews. You just just ruined my night. That, that that Baltimore Ravens uh, drafting. And that was the same. I mean, think about this. Um, I didn't mean to turn this into a Ravens thing. But, I mean, if you want to get excited about draft possibilities, that was the draft where they traded into the first round to get Lamar. And then in that third round, when the Texans ended up with Rankin, Akins, and Reed, and Reed was a good pick, so I, I'm not going to knock that. Uh, Baltimore ended up with <laughs> freaking – mark andrews and orlando brown
0: i remember that and a lot of people there was some people that wanted orlando brown but they were all freaked out about his uh combine Combine. yeah his combine measurables and then here but at that point he's about to get paid like a top tier because he's got some leverage on kansas city now at that
3: point when you're in the third round you've gotta kind of just forget that although um I wanted Andrews like that was, that was my guy, which I mean, that's probably even better than any of the alternatives. Although I don't know because when I talk about the Mark Andrews thing, would Bill O'Brien have used Mark Andrews, right? Or would he have broken his shoulder trying to turn him into a blocker?
0: <laughs> that's, that's I, the thing is like, I could you, could honestly th- see that's... Mark
3: Andrews out of football right now. If Bill O'Brien had drafted his <laughs> wide receiver ass, he would have made him try to buy like be a fullback.
0: And that, that, I mean, in all it, In all seriousness, that is something that you always should be a part of the conversation is would player that progressed at this rate in this system or this organization, would he have grown at the same rate here versus there? That's always been a fascinating conversation to me. Those are my
3: favorites. I actually think you should do like an episode about the what-ifs like as far as draft. Because I I do think if Andrews had ended up here, I I think – he he wouldn't have worked out, uh, and he probably would hate football.
0: We know but, who your uh, your what if would be. It'd be Jonathan Taylor,
3: Jonathan Taylor, AJ Dillon, any of those any of those running backs. I mean, I just I just wonder what it would have looked like. It would be there. I also Marcus I think,
0: Peters over Kevin Johnson.
3: <laughs> oh God,
0: I think Deontay
3: with a different coach. I think Deontay Foreman could have done some damage here. Uh, if he if he would if they would have had the right coach. And I obviously I totally think he was
0: on the right coach. path, Achilles really Yeah,
3: been. it was on a touchdown.
0: Yeah, I remember he did the little somersault over there into the into yeah. the end zone. Ryan, what you got, man? Been
4: well there. now you guys got me all mad thinking about Brian Gain, the worst off season ever. He didn't sign a free agent till like think after June first and it was Giacomini.
0: As it as it relates to that's was, that would that was what Gaines said it said it so often as it relates to as it relates to now the worst thing ever bigger stronger faster yes. I weight stronger speed fast. right I weight speed High weight speed yeah what you got man
4: Anyways um the longer this goes on I f- I just feel like this Watson trade's never going to happen or at least I'll probably die before it does um when I know you guys don't know the answer to this, but at what point do you think the Texans may be soft in their asking price and then when do you actually think a
0: deal happens? Do you think we even get one before the draft or we
4: probably look into it maybe before training camp?
0: I mean, it's it, it without knowing where things stand with criminal and things like that. So, we'll let's say for the for this hy- hypothetical situation that no criminal charges are brought, grand jury says no. And majority of the depositions are done. Watson's depositions are done. We're a week from the draft. I think that's I think a trade is very likely to happen under that scenario. If criminal charges are brought, then that's gonna really put a damper on things. So but it it really seems like the way Harden was talking on Monday, it and this is the kind of the feeling that I have heard that the Texans felt like criminal charges are probably not going to get raised or or brought against Watson so I think there's a if that happens if the criminal charges go away I think there is a very real chance that we see something get done draft night week before draft things like that I think things are going to really heat up right before the draft and something will get done and I think the organization, I think the fans, I think the city is ready to turn the page and move on. I know there's a few uh, Watson truthers still hanging out out there that want him back. I just think everybody's ready to move forward. I think the team's ready to move forward. And I I hope, I hope I'm right. You know, Ryan, I I truly don't want this to drag into training camp and then another season if he's going to play or not going to play. And this year it's 35 million at 1.94 million per week, if he's going to stay at home and that's just, insane to me so something's got I mean it, it, if if something gets bogged down I mean at this at what point does Watson and Landry give me your thoughts on this at what point does Watson need to step in and stop this le- le- legendary status and be like okay I'm willing to open up the trade clause a little bit further let's try to get things going
3: I, I think th- it's gonna happen Pretty soon. And and as far as lowering the asking price, I, I just wouldn't do that. I I just, I I don't think it's necessary. I don't think there's any hurry and I don't, it's not a one-sided thing either that, you know, the Texans want to get something done. I'm assuming Deshaun probably wants to get something done at this point. And I just wonder, like when we look at these, you know, these possibilities in the no trade clause. The NFC makes sense like that that just, seems well, yeah, to be I mean, where all I the want big to be quarter,
0: all the big quarterbacks are in AFC now.
3: Exactly. I, I, you hear about the Texans and it's, you know, you don't want to trade them in the AFC and I don't really subscribe to that, especially when you're this low in the pecking order with the Texans, but it would make more sense if I'm Deshaun Watson to want to go to the NFC because Depending on what happens with Aaron Rodgers, he's the best quarterback in the NFC. Like he's better than Dak. Who's who's better than Deshaun in the NFC? Think about that. Uh, all we do is we talk about how great the Aaron Rodgers are if
0: the, he returns. But if
3: the, Aaron Rodgers, and and that's only a one or two year yeah. thing.
0: So let's, yeah, let's so let's we're looking Aaron five Rogers, years, five down, years down the road. Yeah, I know. Exactly. I mean, it,
3: so why would he not want to go? I, if I'm him. I want to go to the NFC yeah, and I want to be the best quarterback in the NFC. And I want to go. The other thing I wonder, I wonder if there is a certain chance that the no trade clause, and this is very, this is a very, very out there possibility, but just hear me out. I wonder if the no trade clause actually adds value in that. Let's say a team that wouldn't be on Deshaun's no trade, like he wouldn't approve a trade to. Let's pretend that team is willing to give up so much to get him because it's a far possibility. And in return, Deshaun Watson, who we all know has an ego, we all know that he has his camp riding around with him telling how great he is. Deshaun Watson loosens up the no trade clause because he sees how much that team wants him. Like, let's say Carolina says, you know what? We're going to trade four ones. We're going to trade a two. And normally, Deshaun Watson wouldn't want to do that. What if what if he sees how much they're willing to go to bat for him and how much they're willing to invest in him, and Deshaun Watson, then the no-trade clause actually helps the Texans get
0: more value? Hmm. So, like, Cleveland or somebody coming in there. Yeah. I mean, I, I, get, well, I get the point. I just... I look, all
3: I, we have is speculation. All yes. we've had is effing speculation for Deshaun for a year. I
0: just had to wrap my head around that one a little bit. Well, I mean,
4: Landry, I know Figgy's not here to play the EA Sports uh, signal. Oh, that was even
3: like a mug.
4: No, but hear me out. So if I'm Casario, I would even take less to get that Carolina pick at number six. Because in my opinion, that is like a prime spot where you're ahead of Atlanta, you're ahead of Denver, where that could be if someone falls in love with Willis or Pickett, you could Dude, double dip on that that's pick. That's a you know? damn,
3: damn good point because three – for some reason the optics between three and six is just weird. I don't know what it is, but once you get up to like six, seven, that's that's when – buff. that's about the range when Buffalo went up for Josh Allen. Hell, that's when the Chiefs and Texans, you know, the six to 11 – got desperate and were willing to trade up for Mahomes, six could be a prime trading spot. That's a good point.
4: Well, then, I mean, if Rodgers stays put in Green Bay, you know Denver needs to get someone, right? And so if they're on draft day and they haven't gotten a quarterback, like them sitting at nine, and I'd say even Atlanta at seven, like Matt Ryan ain't going to be around long. Like Those are two teams that could get jumped, so I just think it's a great spot. So I would take less.
3: Something weird's going on with Denver in the Vegas lines. Like the AFC, to win the AFC odds, they're like 11 to 1, which is better odds than I think Tennessee and I forget who else. So it seems like Vegas almost anticipates Denver getting a good quarterback.
4: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Okay.
3: What the hell does Vegas know, though?
0: <laughs> I don't know. They've got more sources than anybody. See, Denver needs to get sold first, so that'll be interesting. They're going to reset the market on uh, team value, I think, or at least from a selling standpoint. Ryan, you got anything else, man, before we shut this down?
4: No, thanks, guys. Good night.
0: Good night. Landry, my man. Yes, sir. You're on tomorrow night, huh?
3: Tomorrow night, 7-7-20. Uh, Are you going to join me, sir? Uh.
0: I sh- probably can get on a little bit later.
3: Karate yeah. practice or something?
0: You are actually right. Karate is from 6.15 to 7.15. So. Okay. I know once, your schedule, dude. Once I get back from that and once kids are settled, I'll try to jump on in. Do we'll your talk. kids
3: take their lunch or buy their lunch?
0: Both take their lunch.
3: Oh, they take it, do y'all, are napkin messages still a thing?
0: They are, but I don't do that. I just hand on the lunch kit and say, here, eat those. Ye- I don't like come put on, like man. I don't give, put like inspirational messages like be great on, today man. or anything give like a, that. Give
3: them a na- give them a
0: napkin message every
3: once in a while. Why? Why? I'm gonna call CPS on you. How are they gonna <laughs> take their lunch to school and not get a damn napkin? <laughs> All
0: right, I'll, go, I'll do a napkin message tomorrow and send you a picture.
3: Yeah, we got to get some sort of napkin message. What what, is, what are you doing to your kids, man?
0: Oh, I, <laughs> I, now I feel like the worst dad in the world. So <laughs> you're not. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll shut it out. I appreciate everybody listening. We had upwards of, I think we had like 154 listeners at some point, so that was that was great. I appreciate everybody listening. Um, I think I got another newsletter coming out Thursday or Friday. A little free agency preview, just from a league aspect, league, league standpoint, and a little bit of Texans in there. So cap and trade sub dot I believe. If you want to subscribe to that, it's free. You know, it's a little newsletter where I can write a little bit in addition to talking on here. Uh, Landry, I appreciate the time, sir. Try to talk to you tomorrow. And uh, got anything else good? More trade talk. More more trade talk. More speculation. More
3: offseason and a draft for once. I
0: need to go watch the video of of Lopez and, and McLean. Going at it i saw it from figgy i just hadn't watched it yet
3: yeah they were going they were going in you on were grinning like a
0: child and it was so cute
3: i just i just like i just like when mclean comes in hot sir
0: all right all right i appreciate right, it, everybody thank you all have a good night we'll shut it down